Welcome to Two Travel Dads Podcast. Here we share our favorite destinations, travel tips, ideas for saving money, and stories from our adventures. Be sure to check out our show notes at twotraveldads.com slash podcast dash episodes. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Two Travel Dads Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Rob. And we are in our second part of our Yellowstone itinerary set. So we've got a whole series going on where we cover everything from the need-to-knows of Yellowstone, um, two different episodes about geysers, and now we're talking about um, your itineraries and actually like how to have like a good, efficient time driving around the park. Yeah, and this is like if you are checking in for the first time, um, these are routes that we talk about driving through the park, um, which are like full-day routes. Yeah. So. This time we're talking about going from West Yellowstone um, through Norris and Mammoth um, as one route and the other one going from West Yellowstone to Canyon and then out to Hayden Valley. So that's... And then up to the Lamar Valley. So we've got... Oh, that too. Yeah. yeah. So that's what All we've still got. still in the same trip. Yeah. That's what we've got on this episode. Um, the first episode about itineraries, we talked about going and doing um, hiking the Yell- Grand Canyon and the Yellowstone and some cool sites there. Um, as well as everything that you're going to find down in the Old Faithful area, out to the lake, and yeah, all that stuff. So, well, let's dig in, heading from Norris up to Mammoth, and then back down around. Um, So first stop is the Museum of the National Park Ranger. Totally cool, kind of a random spot that um, we didn't even mean to find. We were actually, it's funny, we were looking for a trash can, um, and we found the Museum of the National Park Ranger really neat it was super cool yeah it's so there's lots of cool memorabilia and it's cool um, seeing the ranger outfits as they change throughout time yeah i need a ranger hat maybe that's how someday when we retire we can be park rangers or campground hosts um (laughs) uh yeah so anyways the museum the national park ranger is really cool and they've got lots of park rangers on staff to answer questions and to just chit chat and tell you all about what it's like to be a ranger I like it. I think it's worth stopping. Um, But moving on from there, this part of the park, it's the northwest side of Yellowstone National Park. It's very different from what you're going to experience in most other places. Um, What makes it different? Well, so like thinking about our first episode and talking about the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone and then talking about Old Faithful and um, just the different geyser basins down there, it's very, um, it's kind of stark and, and very, um, I don't know, it's different. This this por- <laughs> <laughs> this portion is much more, these drives are much more forested. This is where you'll find um, a lot fewer people. Okay. Um, less populated? Less populated. More animals? Sometimes. Yeah, like what kind? Well, let's get to that as we go along. So Be patient, people. Yeah. You be patient, too. Uh, so after you leave the Museum of the National Park Ranger, you head up. You get to go past some things like Frying Pan Spring, Nymph Lake. They're just some cool, random geysers and lakes that are along the road, and they're beautiful, great reflections. Um, you come to the Roaring Mountain, which sounds like something out of um, a Hobbit book. It's just steamy. It's Well, it's steamy, but there's forest covering this whole mountain, and then the forest just stops because the geothermal activity has killed all the trees. And it's just exposed, hot, steaming rock, and it's it's just evolved over time, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's really it's really neat. And there's a part of it where it 
is um, just layers of iron and then calcium and then iron. And you get stripes and steam. And is that the part? Is that another part where the kids were like, "This is super stinky"? I don't remember them. Thinking or was it, it was just stinky. steamy? They they just they adopted the mindset that everything in Yeltsin spells well, smells yeah. bad. So <laughs> they see steam and they run. I, yeah, kind of. But um, <laughs> no, Roaring Mountain is really cool. It's right off the road. You don't have to worry about parking. Just pull off, snap some pictures, be wowed for a few minutes. Bathrooms? Do they have bathrooms there? Of course not. There's no bathrooms. You know, sometimes you just have to, like, wait for it. Yeah. So, yeah, something thinking about being prepared in Yellowstone is um, there are no bathrooms, and you should just maybe carry around an empty gallon jug. Well, no, that's really not going to work. Oh, okay. No. But but we can talk about heading out to Mammoth, because I think they had, like— they had bathrooms at Mammoth Hot Springs. Yeah, it's true. So as you're as you're continuing your drive north past Roaring Mountain, you get to go through some really cool spots. Um, like Swan Valley was cool. Um, is very it's just this big, huge, open, flat valley surrounded by mountains. Um, and appropriately, Swan Valley. Guess what we saw there? Oh, I think he's talking to me. Swans. Yeah, thanks for playing along. Swans! It's true. There was actually swans in Swan Valley, which made me happy because I would have been really disappointed had there not been. Um, and there was also lots of bison, too, which is neat. And from Swan Valley, you kind of climb up um, to some really jagged, craggy peaks that kind of seem out of place for the rest of Yellowstone. And as you wind through those, and it, it reminds me of actually in The Princess Bride when they are um, trying to find Fezzig and there's all those big boulders, and they're kind of tromping around between them. You don't know what I'm talking about. I've seen the movie, but I don't remember that specific well, scene. Well, okay. It's Anyway, <laughs> so as you're going along from Swan Valley towards Mammoth, you get to go through all of these rocky, rocky outcroppings that also kind of remind me of the road in Joshua Tree National Park. It's just really different um, and doesn't match the rest of Yellowstone. And as you come out of that, you're going along kind of this canyon, and it opens up to show you Mammoth. And it, it's it's really cool. So Mammoth Hot Springs, we talk about that in episode two of our geyser set. Um, it has a couple different areas of it. There's the upper terraces, and then there's the main terrace that has, um, it's what you see on postcards, basically. And you can hike that whole area. It's really, really cool. And, you know, you can spend an hour and just do part of it. You can spend two or three and do... Um, all of the boardwalks as well as the additional hikes. You can stop at the visitor center at Mammoth where they've got good chili. uh, Yeah. At the, (laughs) uh, there is good chili and good kid options for lunch there at Mammoth. Um, and the visitor center, what I was going to say is that's where they have the Wi-Fi in the park. It's like the only spot to get Wi-Fi. Oh, so helpful. Um, because it's, it's okay if, if you get to, um, take a break, from vacation to um, do a tiny bit of work to make sure that you can continue to take vacation, you should do that. Um, So the Mammoth Visitor Center is where you can do that. Um, Next up is as you're leaving Mammoth. um, Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to tell you. So you don't get into the hot springs anywhere in Yellowstone. We talked about this maybe the first time we tried to record this and messed up. Maybe it was this time. I don't know. Um, so you cannot step in the hot springs or like get in the hot springs anywhere in Yellowstone because they are hot, acidic, boiling things. By Mammoth, on the way out of the park, there is actually a spot to do that. Did you know that? Had no idea because we've never done it. We have never done it. But um, 
some of our friends did it this summer and they took their kids there. Um, they run Why Travel Blog. It's a pretty cool website. Um, but they, Craig and Caroline, took the kids down to the Boiling River. And it's a place where you actually, you hike down to the river that's flowing out of, um, out of there. I think it's the Yellowstone River. And um, there are hot springs right along the edge of the river. So you get down there and um, there's boardwalks and you can get in and it's hot water mixing with the cold water and it is sanctioned by the National Park Service that you can do it. Wow, that's super cool. I know. And had I thought about that when we were there, we would have done it. Well, we will next time. I know. We've got a whole list of things to do next time. So yeah, that's right there at the Mammoth area as well. Um, moving right along though, because you know we're talking about driving routes, um, when you leave Mammoth, you could either head back down the same way that you came, or you can continue on the Grand Loop Road and head towards the tower area. Um, so this, There's some cool spots to see. Yeah. Um, this part of the drive is really interesting. That It's kind of, it's extremely windy, <laughs> for one. Um, but there are some random pullouts that you can do that I think are some of the coolest. So um, Udine Falls, or Undine Falls, is really pretty. Um, we went through right as the fall colors were coming in. So looking down into a canyon and seeing fall colors and waterfalls, I thought was pretty cool, pretty special. Um, there's some great picnic areas. We, this last trip, we did the Blacktail Plateau Drive. I do not recommend that. Um, it's the dirt road. It's six miles of dirt road that just kind of takes you off the beaten path. Well, we were just really hoping to see some wildlife. And, you know... Of all places, I feel like that should have been where we could have seen some bears or something. Maybe. But, you know, it wasn't. So it was just six miles of really slow, bumpy road. And it was gorgeous, but it was not, there was nothing epic. But if we saw something epic, you would probably recommend it. I would co have a completely different tune to <laughs> sing. Had you just we... <laughs> never know what you're going to see in Yellowstone. You yeah. just don't know. It's unpredictable. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe that's the lesson here is... Take a chance, drive Blacktail Plateau Drive. That's what we drive. did. We, we took a chance. We're like, let's do it. Maybe we'll see some wildlife. We're really hoping for it. So If you do it and you see something, send us a message. Well, no, no. Post the picture. <laughs> oh, like, post. there you go. Post the picture. <laughs> and tag us in it somewhere. Because, yeah. Anyways. Um, but at the end of Blacktail Plateau Drive is something that is kind of cool. Um, there's a really large petrified tree right there. So it's it's not as exciting per se as like the petrified forest that we hiked through in Utah, where there's just literally big logs of petrified wood everywhere, or even petrified forest national park. Um, but it's kind of cool. It really kind of shows you the age of Yellowstone and how active it all is, as far as like geothermal stuff. So a nifty little stop to make. Um, but then. The next is, I think, the prettiest view in all of Yellowstone, and that is called Calcite Springs. What do you think of that? Is it pretty? You don't remember it. It's so funny doing a podcast with you because I'm basically like a walking catalog of locations and photos. Oh, I am for food. I know, and it's really, it's hilarious. That's how we're different. It, we're so exceptionally different in this. Um, <laughs> so... Calcite Springs, it looks like it's not going to be anything really that... I think I do remember this. It was this by that cool spot that was like when you look over 
like, well, I forgot to mention this before. Like, if you are renting your car, make sure you get a sunroof. Oh, Otherwise, yeah, just totally. deal with the car that you have. But having a sunroof in Yellowstone is amazing because you can just, like, look through it or you can open it to take pictures. But I remember um, that cool terrain or the rock. So or that's right after Calcite Springs. Right after Calcite right Springs. Right after. Okay. I know what you're talking about. So, no, so Oh, I, okay. He so, pulled up a picture. I do remember this place. It, yeah. was, it was really beautiful. It's, I think, the most beautiful site in all of Yellowstone. It was really pretty. The colors were amazing. So, and we had... Yeah. A cool sky to go oh, along with it, yeah, too. Yeah, seriously. So I only remember this because he's pulling up a picture, by the way. I know, but, but now that you see it, you remember. Just, you know, pictures tell a thousand words. It's true. So more. this spot, you, you go and you do this little teeny tiny hike out to this point on on the canyon. And below, you know, you've got the Yellowstone River. And it's this gorgeous dark turquoise going through rapids. And then there are geysers slash springs coming out of the yellow, yellow rock right next to the Yellowstone River, and you've got the sweeping Lamar Valley right behind it. And for us, so I, I stopped there twice this summer, and both times there was just these epic rain clouds just off in the distance, making the view even better. Hands down, I think it is the most beautiful view in Yellowstone. Uh, there's nothing else like it. So Calcite Springs, you got to stop there. It doesn't take long, and you'll thank us. So... The next area, though, that is what Chris was talking about with the really interesting spot to drive through. Oh, that's right. Tower Falls. Yeah. For Tower Falls. Yeah. So right before Tower Falls, as you're driving along the Grand Loop Road, you have to drive basically under this big blasted overhang. Um, and it's it's kind of scary. I don't know if I actually have any good pictures of it. If I do, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. But um, it's just this enormous overhang of basalt and... Um, yeah, if you are into rocks, you're going to think it's super cool. If you don't care about geology, you're going to just drive. <laughs> but, yeah. And then there's Tower Falls. Um, Tower Falls itself is not the most fascinating and enormous waterfall, but what makes it really cool is it comes down from the hillside and it winds through a whole bunch of hoodoos. So you don't a bunch have... A what? Hoodoos. A hoodoo. You're prompting me to tell Who you. Who knew? A hoodoo... Um, is what forms when wind and water and everything carves around um, a piece of extra hard rock. And so you end up with these spires or, or towers, kind of. So there's a ton of them. Like Bryce Canyon, that was all hoodoos. Got it. Right? It's it's just these cool rock towers. And that's what Tower Falls is, is it's a waterfall surrounded by all these towers. So it's really or cool. hoodoos. Hoodoos, yes. <laughs> and it's really unique. It's cool. Um, and you can actually hike all the way down to the base of the falls, too, um, if you choose to. So this last time we did it because we weren't in the mood, but we have before. Um, and, in fact, on my second stop at Tower Falls this year, um, I saw a black bear. And he was adorable. And he was just right below the parking area, just chilling, watching the tourists. It was adorable. It's like a box of chocolates. Okay. Um, oh, like you don't know what you're going to get in Yellowstone. Okay. Thanks for that. There you go. Um, finally, <laughs> sometimes it's really difficult to record podcast episodes with Chris because him, um, finally moving on from there <laughs> as you are heading back to wherever your home base was for the day. Um, you get to go across more sweeping views, sweeping valleys on the way to Mount Washburn. Um, when you come down from that's tower, that's the bear place. That's the bear place. Yes. 
So Mount Washburn is it's one of the tallest place tallest points in Yellowstone National Park. And there is a road, a gravel road that climbs up to the top of it. It's called Chittenden Road. Um, and as you go, I mean, we've always seen bears there. Um, on every single trip, we've seen a bear there, including this one. Um, we, as we were coming down from Mount Washburn, there was a black bear who was just making his way along. And every single car in the park, I swear, was pulled over to try and see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. But... um. Yeah, that part of the the park is just it's perfect for seeing bears, and um, then, gosh, if you wanted to do some hiking, there is a hike. It's called Dunraven Pass, and it's right on the south side of Mount Washburn, and it takes you up the south side where you can really see the Caldera Rim because you know Yellowstone is one big super volcano, and that is where you get the best view of the rim of the volcano. Now, do you recommend bear spray? Do I recommend bear spray? You can listen to lots of people about that. And everybody says you should have bear spray if you're going to go hiking. I was just saying, because this was like a hike right by Mount Washburn where we always see black bear. So, and I think even the park rangers tell you that you should have bear spray. Um, when I did my trip without you guys, we had bear spray with us at all times. Um, but I think that's because I was visiting with the state tourism board and they wanted to make sure that we were super safe. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, yes, bear spray is helpful. You can rent it if you want, or you can purchase it. Um, I think even at Canyon, right? Yeah, you can Yeah, you can rent it there. Um, so since we're talking about bear spray, if you do end up getting it, you need to make sure that you understand how to operate it. Kind of so, like a fire extinguisher. It is just like a fire extinguisher, and you also want to make sure that you are not spraying it into the wind. So once upon a time, I sprayed base bear spray into the wind, and it blew back on my face, and I kind of felt like I, think I was going to die. they also say you shouldn't do something else in the wind. You also shouldn't pee into the wind? Yeah. Or spit into the wind? it comes right back. Anyways, long story short, if you do have bear spray or rent bear spray, make sure that you look at the instructions and you understand how to use it in the event you actually do have to yeah. use it. But I do know, like when we went to that really cool museum of the park rangers, he's like, I have this bear spray. I'm so glad that out of all the years I've been a ranger, I have not had to use it. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, the chances of having to use it, especially in Yellowstone, because there are so many people, are really rare, unless you're doing some intense backcountry hiking. But, I mean, there are so many people in the park that the wildlife is not, like, especially like the um, like bears and cougars and stuff like that. You, it's very rare to see them up close because there are so many people everywhere. Yeah, but it's good to know it's available for purchase or rent. It is good to know. Um, but let's go ahead and let's do our final day. Route four, day four, the last part of our itinerary. Um, this is a really fun day. So the way that we did this is we actually got up super duper early before sunrise. Um, we were staying in West Yellowstone and headed into the park. And this gave us the opportunity to see all the animals while they were getting set up for the day and going to wherever so they wanted. Oh, cool. It was amazing. Seeing sunrise in the park too, basically. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So as we're going, I mean, the first like big wow was just right there on the Madison, Madison river, um, watching a herd of elk cross the river in the steam. It was just, it was amazing. So, you know, the fog rises up off the, off the river when it's a really cold morning and the elk just do their thing and they don't care. It's part of life. And it's beautiful. And then as we continued on, so we headed up towards um, 
the canyon area because we wanted to get to the Hayden Valley. Um, that's where you see a, a ton of bison. Um, as we turned south out of the canyon junction, we were driving along the Yellowstone River and there were swans. Just There was a small group of trumpeter swans just hanging out and it was gorgeous. You know, again, you've got that fog rising off of the river. You've got the wildlife just chilling. And then um, we were really lucky. They actually took off while we were there. And as they, swans are enormous, by the way, as they took off and started flapping their wings, they started honking. It was incredible. So, and then I ended up losing that video footage, mm-hmm. which makes me sad. But yeah, good times. Um, so, but that takes us into the Hayden Valley. Um, the Hayden Valley is super special. And um, gosh, I'm just trying to think of kind of how to describe what it. What makes it special? The bison. Tell me more. You tell me more. Well, there's a lot of bison. Okay, I will tell more. There's a lot of them. Clearly, one of us does all the writing for the website, and the other one doesn't. Um, so the Hayden Valley but there is... there are a lot of bison there, right? There are so many. There are thousands of bison. And yeah. they, they move in small herds. They converge into big herds. And they can be, like, attacked by wolves. They can. Um, as a side note, wolves tend to attack bison and elk. That's true. Yeah, and they're found in the Hayden Valley. The wolves are? Didn't we see one maybe while we were there? Okay, so if you look at our outline, we'll talk about that when we get to the Lamar Valley. I guess it doesn't say wolves oh, in the Lamar okay, Valley. Oh, okay, that's right. So it was in a valley. That's right. Okay. It was in a valley, but not that valley. God, okay, the Lamar. Now I yeah. see. Yeah. So there's so many valleys. I know, it's true. The Swan Valley, Lamar Valley, Madison Valley, Hayden Valley. It's true. So in the Hayden Valley. But they all have wildlife. Yes, they do. In the Hayden Valley, that's where you will see just enormous herds of bison just cycling through it's amazing um in the morning they tend to cross the road quite a bit so you could face quite the traffic jam which we did um but it's really special because you do get to see them very you know up close from your car you should not be getting out and approaching them and there's so many baby bison which i think is special yeah they're cute i like loves them oh yeah of course yeah of course um but just past the Hayden Valley, that's where you get to um, one of, I think, one of the coolest places. And it's the Mud Volcano area. This is kind of like your big geyser thing for the day. Um, it's your last day in Yellowstone. Hit this weird spot. Super stinky. It is, yeah. So it's... It is all the stink. It's all the stink. <laughs> the worst of the worst. Yeah, so it's one of the youngest, youngest geothermal areas in Yellowstone National Park with... Um, a lot of the kind of the mud pits and these weird bubbling ponds and weird volcano-y things um, showing up in from like the 40s through the 60s. So while there's things like Mammoth Hot Springs that have been around for you know millions of years, this is brand new. So really cool, literally spouting stinky mud and roaring like... It is really cool to see. The, the dragon throat spring yeah. is really cool to see. Yeah, so... Make sure that you stop there. It is not inconvenient in comparison to other things. Inconveniently, they have bathrooms. And they do have bathrooms there. That's true. They actually have plenty of bathrooms. Yeah, a lot, actually. Yeah, so um, there you go. Make a stop there. Um, another way that you can visit this, if you're going your own routes instead of listening to ours, if you're coming up from the West Thumb Geyser Basin and driving along Yellowstone Lake and maybe stopping in like Bridge Bay, that's a really cool visitor center that has lots of taxidermied birds. Really, really cool and interesting. Um, if you're coming up from the lake, you can also really easily stop at the mud volcano. So, um, but 
on our route, after we did that, we headed north. So we went back through the Hayden Valley, saw the bison again, headed back through um, Canyon Junction, back through Tower Falls up to the Lamar Valley. Granted, this might not have been the most efficient way, but for what we wanted to see and do, it was perfect because our goal for this fourth day was just, it was wildlife and it was just seeing some epic and interesting sights. And when we got to the Lamar Valley, it did not disappoint at all. Um, again, tons of bison. This is this is one of the most beautiful and, um, I don't know, kind of like rugged spots, I'd say. I feel like it's always a little bit cloudy. I feel like there aren't a ton of hiking trails, but um, just rugged pastures that you can tell that bison just are constantly doing their thing. And this is you can talk about the wolves now if you want. Yeah, well, this is where you can see wolves too. So you'll see... Lots of people getting out of their car to go take pictures and stuff of the bison. But um, this is also an area where you can see some of the really cool wolves that are in the park. Um, so you just have to always, I think, look out to see what other people are looking at and to see if they're looking at something that could be different. And you know, just be a little bit curious to try to figure out what are they seeing? You know, what are they looking at? Um, because that's an opportunity to see some some cool wildlife that might be something that you know, you're not seeing that everybody else is. Yeah. So, I mean, gosh, on this last trip, we saw the bison. There were people who were watching the wolves. I felt like I saw a wolf, but then I also got maybe a little bit confused because sometimes the wolves are really far away. We saw antelope, which are really cool. The pronghorn antelope are awesome. Um, cute little faces, cute little horns. And then, um, yeah, I, I think that was just about it for the wildlife that we saw right there in the Lamar Valley. Um, Lots of bison. They're just fun to watch. Yeah. And then um, we found a really cool hike to actually do. It was the Trout Lake Trail. It was a really simple, it's, they called it a lollipop loop because you head up the hill, which was like the steepest hiking hill we'd done in a while. Um, head up a hill and there was bear, bear prints <laughs> on the trail. We took pictures of those. And then you go around this just beautiful, perfectly still lake. Um, it was gorgeous. It was quiet. There weren't a lot of people around. It was nice. And then... Um, we took a little spur trail off to another kind of pond, but it's called Shrimp Lake. Um, and again, it's just perfectly quiet and it's perfectly preserved nature with nobody around. So it's a really cool, easy hike to do in the Lamar Valley. And then um, one last thing to kind of call out um, in this area is a place called Soda Butte, which is an extinct geyser that's there. Um, actually, I think there might still be some water flowing around it. But um, it's just a really cool geothermal feature that you can see and you can look at up close. And um, that's where the bison tend to hang out too. So bonus. Um, anything else? I think this actually wraps up everything that we were going to be sharing about Yellowstone National Park as a whole. Yeah, no, I think, um, again, remember, you're going to be in the car for a while. So plan for snacks, plan for a little entertainment podcast. Those things are great. Uh, make sure you have your camera at the ready. And if you can have a car that has a sunroof, that's like extra bonus because you can get out, you know, get out of the sunroof and go around and take pictures while wildlife is around you and feel a little bit safer so you're not getting out of your car. Yeah. Yeah. Really fun. If you have any other questions or you think there's something else that we need to record an episode about, definitely let us know. Um, you can check out our other Yellowstone episodes and gosh, everything else that we've talked about at twotraveldads.com slash podcast dash episodes. 
be sure to leave a comment. Um, let us know your thoughts, questions you have. Be sure to subscribe to us. We're on, gosh, let's see, we're on iTunes, on Google Play, iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Um, I think we're on Pandora now. Yeah, you can subscribe to us all over everywhere. Place. So be sure to do so and tell a friend. So thanks for hanging out with us. And I guess we'll talk to you later. See you guys. Bye. Two Travel Dads podcast is written by Rob and Chris Taylor and produced by Rob Taylor in Suquamish, Washington. If you would like to be on Two Travel Dads podcast or sponsor it, please visit us at twotraveldads.com slash work.